0: Good morning, friends. Let's go over our executive producer list. Oh, no executive producers for the second show in a row. I had to actually cut back on our timing and our introduction because of licensing fees and everything. I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. If you would like to become an executive producer, a donation of $20 or more will get you an executive producer status. All the money for the show goes to our radio license fee. So thank you very much. Here's what we're going to be covering today on today's show. Of course, we're going to go over the results of the hearing that happened yesterday for Brian Nothingberger. I want to talk a little bit about a death that recently happened. There's been some rumors about Nothingburger getting in a fight in prison. Out of the details. We're going to go into that. We may or may not have some Banfield. I want to talk about the family of Nothing Burger. What's going on there? What's affect, What affects them? Some theories that are going around. I'm going to open up the phone lines for a brief bit. I want to talk a little bit about Anna Walsh. The story came to me last week, but I held off on it. I entered the picture where it started talking about Uh, some blood they found at a garbage station so we're going to go over that there's been an arrest in the case of the missing girl athena brownfield we're going to talk about that and a lot more on the flip side of this I am Jerry Adams. You are watching or listening Midnight Radio. I'd like to thank you very much. Give a shout out to those of you on the live stream that tune in and listen to us audio only every day, which is a good thing to do if you're driving down the road or if you're at work operating heavy machinery. Obviously, I don't want you to get into some kind of wreck looking at my goofy face. So uh, please, that's something that we provide. That's on our dime. And uh, we do it for your safety. We don't have to do that. But we're thinking about you here. Let's go into our first story. Right here, I'm going to read this to you, because uh, why not? If you didn't know, Lisa Marie Presley, she died yesterday. She lived most of her life under the public eye as a sole daughter of Elvis Presley and Priscilla. But she grew up with the king of rock and rolls. Her father made things very exciting, she said. He'd always wake me up to sing in the middle of the night get on the table, and sing, Lisa Marie recalled during an interview on Good Morning America in 2009. People reported, I remember him as my dad, but he was a very exciting dad. The iconic couple had Lisa Marie nine months after the wedding, and she was born in Memphis, Tennessee on February 1st, 1968. So she she did have a birthday coming up. Her time with Elvis and the homeless fun," she explained, as she recalled during an interview with Associated Press, that he would ride her along on golf carts through the neighborhood. She also recalled seeing his extravagant entrances as he came down the stairs. He was always fully, fully geared up. You'd never see him in his pajamas coming down the steps, ever. You'd never see him in anything but ready-to-be-seen attire. Her parents divorced in 73 when Lisa Marie was four. She and her mother moved to Los Angeles, it was out west where Lisa Marie met Michael Jackson during one of her father's Las Vegas concerts when she was seven. She and the King of Pop later married. Elvis died years later on August 77. He was 42. She stayed at Graceland that night and recalled kissing her father goodnight before he collapsed and never recovered. She found him the next morning in the bathroom floor. She said she just had a feeling She told the Rolling Stones in 03, he wasn't doing well. All I know is I had it, and it happened. I was obsessed with death at a very early age. His death made her the joint heir to his estate, and when her grandfather, Vernon Presley, and great-grandmother, Minnie Presley, passed away in 79 and 80, she became the sole heir to the Graceland Residence. I'm going to put this article in the description below this video. Give me 14 hours to update, guys, so you guys can uh, read this article. This is the best one I could find on the subject. It's very sad, the passing of Marie Presley. Lisa Marie Presley. She was very young. I believe she was 54. She didn't quite make it to 55. So I do want to give you guys this update. Brian Cole Berger for those of you that didn't know about how his hearing to set a hearing went so here you go
1: murders the suspect due in court this morning a judge has sealed the search warrant for his apartment after prosecutors agreed uh, it could jeopardize said it could jeopardize the case and put the public at risk Mola Lengi is in Moscow Idaho with the latest good morning Mola
2: well, good morning, George Coburg. are scheduled to be in court here in just a few hours facing those four uh, charges, those four, four murder counts. Uh, the 28-year-old PhD student is being held at the Lataw County Jail without bail. He was arrested on December 30th at his parents' Pennsylvania home, where police collected his father's DNA from trash outside. Matching that to DNA they say they found on a knife sheath at the crime scene, the Moscow home where the four students were killed on November 13th. Now, according to a police affidavit, one of the surviving roommates claiming she was awake at the time of the murders, telling police she saw the intruder in the home, George.
1: And what do we know about why the judge has sealed the search warrant?
2: That's right. He has sealed that search warrant for Koberger's uh, Pullman, Washington apartment, Pullman, Washington, nearby, where he is a student, uh, saying that that search warrant, unsealing that, could jeopardize the investigation and could also jeopardize public safety. Now, we should also note that uh, the family of victim Kaylee Gonzalez has vowed to have someone in court every time that Koberger appears, saying uh, they understand how difficult that might be for their family, but they're also trying to make this as uncomfortable as possible uh, for Koberger. Koberger. Uh, This morning's uh, uh, hearing is a status hearing, meaning it'll focus uh, primarily on scheduling uh, hearings and future trial dates. Uh, Koberger may also have the opportunity to waive his right to a speedy trial uh, this morning, essentially giving him more time before he ultimately has to plea at a preliminary hearing.
0: Again, links will be in the, the description below the video for all of you guys to watch this. But I do want to brag on you guys because I don't know how many of you guys watched it, but the coverage we did on the preliminary hearing, the status hearing, was some of the best I've seen around, and it wasn't because of me. It's because of you guys uh, who have a lot of legal expertise who consulted with me before the show. So, again, if you guys watch that, that's probably the best information you'll get about what was expected and what will happen and what the continuing process in the, the legal case as it stands now is. Uh, hats off to you guys. And Also, the 3D walkthrough is brilliant. Um, all the links to the show that we did last night, or that we did yesterday, they're in the description now. They've been updated a few hours ago, and uh, you guys can check that out, and you can watch that for yourself. I really recommend you watch the 3D video again. Um, I do want to put this out here right now, guys. I'm probably going to take the next two days off. Uh This is the anniversary of my father's death. This is the first anniversary, and I'm feeling um, like I need to take some time and sort my emotions, so I'm going to take the next two days off. I'll probably reiterate that at the end of this broadcast, but I'll let you know. Also, about a week ago, we went over a story about the defense team where they showed up at the house there in Moscow, and... It appeared that there was a woman there that looked like the sister. And I'm still not sure if it's the sister or not, but I do have some more pictures of the sister here. And I want to talk about the family of Nothing Burger for a moment, if I will. Let me get that video for you. It's not as easy for me to pull up as I would like, but yet, yeah, nevertheless, here it is. Okay, now, this is going to be in slow motion. This is provided by by a viewer uh, sub. I want to ask you guys this. When I talk about and play the things that you guys give me, do you want me to say your names? I haven't been out of respect for your own privacy, but you guys let me know if that's something that you want. I'd be more than happy to do that. All right, I'm going to... Put this on the full screen, show you guys as much as I can of this. So this is video of Nothing Burgers family entering the hearing. Again, there's no audio to this, and this is in slow motion. And there's some things I want to point out here. There's the sister. Look at how tall she is. And look at her legs and her stomach. And she doesn't look like the same body build as the woman from last week that was with the attorney at the house for the defense team. Their faces were very similar, and I'm still not saying it's not. But she this sister obviously likes her privacy. Now, here's the father and the mother walking up. I interviewed somebody from Moscow, Idaho that grew up with Brian Cole Berger, uh Nothing Burger. They went to the same high school, but he said he primarily knew the mother. She was a good person, a real sweetheart. And I want to point that out to you guys today that, you know, just because your child does something horrific and I'm sure some of us of our our children might have done that, it doesn't mean that the parents did anything to encourage that. It doesn't mean they didn't, but it doesn't mean that they did. I mean, there are certain horrific cases of child abuse and neglect and really harsh living conditions when you grow up. But by all accounts, that wasn't the case here thus far. Of course, here you're free to believe whatever you want. This is a place for your your wild-ass speculations, your wild-ass theories, and your tame-ass theories. But look at the middle Or the left side, you have the daughter. And look at her height. The mother to me looks absolutely crushed. I'm looking at her body posture. I can almost feel her emotions, which are helter-skelter at the moment. Imagining that it is your child that committed such a horrific act. I see horror on both sides. I see horror in the family who lost their loved ones. I see horror in the family of the person accused. I see both sides. And I just wanted to present that to you. Uh, Some some more that I want to present to you is this. And there will be links to, to the video and everything I'm playing here in the show notes for sure. For everybody to view at your own, view in your own leisure. I want to show you some messages I have from the mother. And this is before, before the crime. So here we go. make sure okay here we go this is gonna be easy for you guys to see love and Claire I'm gonna put it up on the big screen right now so I got this from our discord guys Uh, people in discord are wonderful members there in discord they feed me information and this show wouldn't be possible without you it wouldn't be in uh, I can't tell you how much it means to me to have you guys there Uh, there's people there all day when the show's not going on there's always people in there having great conversations diving into this case and others there will be a case that I'm taking directly from the Discord group coming up, not today, but soon. It's about a lady in Samsonite. This is from Nothing Burger's mother. Washington is great. We'll take care of him. Hug Heat Wave is happening right now. Thank you so much. For saying that to me, my son will be in Pullman, in the eastern part of the state, quite close to the Idaho border. He knows absolutely no one, and we have no family there. I'm worried about him being lonely. So your message made me feel better. This person said some things. I understand I moved here without knowing anyone either, but I ended up liking it and Making it my home. State, legal protections are strong here, and there's a good safety net. It is sometimes hard to meet people, but as we start to worry less about uh, blank, I imagine that'll become easier. He'll be okay, Mama Bear. You're adorable. Thank you so much. Thought I would start a new post to say hello instead of hijacking Lynn's post. Glad you are well i am super happy getting ready for my son's visit home in a week or so miss him so much hope your holidays and everyone here on the sub are merry and bright she's looking forward to the holidays this is something i wondered about before they caught the suspect nothing burger i wondered well this is his last holiday with his family i mean how would it be to know you ate thanksgiving dinner with someone who committed such a heinous crime these are the questions we're answering right now it was answered in the last video i played you they feel horrible some of us think that the family must have did something to contribute to the delinquency of such a deranged madman bushy eyebrow killer some of us hold our judgment just stand in awe of such horrifying circumstances. Some of us think, well, some things could happen that don't have anything to do with what the family did. It's all about personal choice. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on it. I thought I would start a new post to say hello instead of hijacking Lynn's post. Glad you're well. I'm super happy getting here. To at the home. We already went over this. That's a duplicate. But this is not. Hello, beautiful people. Haven't posted very much, but I've been playing just very sporadically. I just can't seem to bring myself to delete the app, even though I have really wanted to. Going to post a few times to share some wins. I will start with some five stars that I am actually quite proud of. I don't know if this a uh, home decorating app or what. I don't know me too dear lady me too I do think it could just be me though been kind of blue since my son moved from Pennsylvania to Washington to study in a PhD program I miss him terribly and I think everything is just a little less colorful without seeing him all the time but he will be home for nearly a month at Christmas time yay I have two daughters close by, both having graduated and on to career, so I'm blessed three times. Hi, friends. I'm new to this game, but absolutely loving it. I really enjoy seeing little flags and people's usernames showing where they're from. I would love to get an idea of how many places we are all representing and how that factors into our designs. So, leave a comment and tell me where you're from. And they did. Ah, I love the mountains. It's so flat where I live with a few trees. One of the downsides. You must love that view. I really do. It's lovely here. That'll never be the same. So I think I might. Hello, friends. Today, my 26-year-old son left for Washington State to begin his doctorate in criminology. We live in Pennsylvania. I probably won't be submitting many designs in the next few days because I will be too busy crying. I will see you soon. And I understand, and he's giddy about getting away with it. I don't know what this is about. It's about 72 days ago. I believe this is from a couple days ago. He most certainly is, I've resigned myself to the idea that he will get away with any with everything. I don't know what this is about. It's out of context. All right. This is Father. Let me make sure you guys see. There you go. There's a picture of the father. And he's wearing this black pandemic mask. And maybe, just maybe, Nothing Burger wore a similar mask. Maybe it wasn't a ski mask. Maybe it was one of these. Maybe these are ones they ordered. As a family, uh, a little research. These are the kinds that are sold on Amazon. Maybe they ordered a pack of them. I know my family had masks that we had for a while, and we all wore the same kind. So I don't know, just a thought. Maybe these came from Nothing Burger. He gave them to the family to keep the family safe. Uh, Let me back out of this and show you the daughter again. If That is the daughter. Doesn't exactly look like the woman that was there. In front of the house, does it? Just bringing that up. All right. This has been the buzz of everything. It's been reported that Nothing Burger got into a fight in prison. That's right. He got in a fight with his own damn razor. Ryan Nothingberger had two gashes near his chin and apparent bruises on his neck. He had a dead-eyed facial expression with dark circles around his eyes. A judge at Kohlberger's next court date for June 26th. A judge set his next court date for June 26th. He waived his right for a speedy trial. So basically, his preliminary trial is going to be later. His uh, court date, sorry, his preliminary hearing. Brian Nothingburger, a suspect in an Idaho murders case, looked roughed up and had cuts in his face during a courtroom appearance on Thursday in Moscow, Idaho, where a judge set his next court date. He wore a leg Shackles orange T-shirt and look at his face, bum bum bum. That's right, he got those cheap orange razors, and he cut his face right before the trial. He didn't want to look. To Bushia, apparently. It has been O'Brien, O'Brien, good O'Brien. I was in the third row and did not notice the scratches on his face in court today. But zooming in on the courtroom video, they are visible. Trying to find out more, going to be hard with the gag order. Well, we found out. It was his own. It was his own fault. I'm going to look in chat and I'm about to open up the phone lines a little bit early. I will let you know when. Oh, the other daughter that's not Amanda. Okay. I'm reading the, Chat right now. That's the other dot of the not Amanda. Good call. Good call. Remark. No one you else are- is a good call. Watch another episode of Girl, Banfield. So let me get this, get a better look at this. Sometimes I think they're trying to clown me with their. All right, here we go
3: remarkably similar to Dylan as I look at the parallels. You were also 19 years old. You were also living in a house with five sorority sisters. What did you think when you heard about this case? Could you you put yourself in in Dylan's shoes? Right away.
4: Um, And the more that evidence came out and the story came out, it just became chillingly eerie how similar it was.
3: Did, did this circumstance that I just sort of outlined make sense to you, given that you heard some unusual noise and chalked it up to, you know, it's just the roommates. This is a normal house in a normal town and a normal life. And, and there's Dylan seeing a guy walk through the house. Maybe it was the DoorDash driver. I mean, yuck, but murder? A little bit. Um, also, I was boosted up through a window that
4: the attacker had broken in, so you know, it wasn't that I was home when he attacked and when he broke in. but So there are similarities. I didn't see the attacker. I just know that when I found my housemate the next day, the next morning, I didn't see any blood in the room. All I saw was liquid. I was trying to find a pulse and um, shake her. And when I called 911 just saying that my housemate choked on her vomit and has, and I can't wake her up and she's unconscious, When the paramedics arrived, um, I was standing behind a paramedic and he announced, holy, look at all of this blood. And in that second that he said blood, the whole entire room filled. So I know that the mind does very tricky things when it is trying to keep you safe and keep you functioning and keep you in fight or flight because that is the mechanism of the mind. So that is why I really empathize with what Dylan went through. We don't know the story. We don't know her history.
3: Yeah, explain that a little more for me. What, um, what happened that morning when you woke up? I'm just assuming you think it's a normal morning. You're knocking on your roommate's door. Take me from there.
4: Well, I, had, I came in through the window, and the screen was out, so that was a little bizarre, and I went to my housemates. The only other housemate that came home that night. Um, there was four of us on that floor, and two didn't come home that night, so I was the only one that came home. I went to her door, which was ajar, and I heard heavy breathing, and so I thought, oh, okay, I called her name. She didn't respond, so I just went to bed, and my room was in the front of the house. was a converted old Buffalo home, which used to be the patio. So since this attacker came through the window, he assumed that was the exit. I'm in bed, just about to go to sleep, I'm very intoxicated, and someone walks into my room, and I lift up my head and no one was there and 10 seconds later the front door closed now no one came home so we know that's when he left so that fear and that panic to this day stirs me i didn't sleep really for a year after this experience because every time i closed my eyes i saw someone chasing me and and the and the guilt and oh what if i had you know called 911 sooner so when i when then the reality of what had happened the next day occurred The pieces just start coming together. Um, Investigators start coming in. Uh, You're trying to figure out what happened. So I can really empathize really a lot with Dylan.
3: If there was something that you could tell Dylan, and for that matter, Bethany Funk as well, because she was also there that next morning. If you could say something to those girls, what would you say? What I would say
4: is what you resist will persist.
0: And I am w- wait Wait a second. I got a question for you guys. Phone line's open now too, by the way. Is it appropriate what they just did? I understand what they're talking about and this is in support of DM when we talk about her on the show and in others I've seen here on YouTube, we use the name DM. We don't use her full name. We damn sure don't flash her picture. I just want to know what your take on that is that appropriate or not?
4: I wish that I had dealt and processed this sooner back then. Um, I've said this on a couple other shows that this was a different age. Uh, no one came to my rescue and offered me therapy. And there wasn't social media that blew up our attack, uh, you know, big as, as this is. So people are having to more concern. So I just moved on with my life, whether that's good or bad. And I became a strong person and I chose to help people and serve. Now, re-experiencing this 30 years later, sure, there's a lot of pain. And I realized, wow, I, I wish I had processed it sooner because I can connect the dots a little bit to things in my life that have occurred probably because this was unprocessed and that's how it works so i encourage them to do the work heal take time write meditate process this
0: you can go on our description in about 14 hours i'll update the links and you can watch this whole video yourself i want to move along i have something else i want to show you guys This is something that we've been covering, that we've been looking at. Oklahoma authorities make arrest in missing toddler, Athena Brownfield's mysterious disappearance. This is the lady that was arrested. Her name is Elisa Adams, Alyssa Adams. She's been arrested in connection with the disappearance. We're going to tell you why right now. She was arrested on Thursday. She's 30 years old. She's arrested on two counts of child neglect in connection with the Tuesday disappearance of four-year-old Athena Brownfield. OSBI announced the arrest on Thursday afternoon when Adams was booked into the Grady County Sheriff's Office. Athena and her sister were in Adams and her husband's care at the time of her disappearance, according to the Sheriff's Office. The search for Athena continues. The OSBI is following every tip that is received, which are coming in from Oklahoma, as well as other states, in an effort to find clues as to Athena's whereabouts. The trash service in Cyril was searched, OSBI said in a statement. Additionally, analysts are reviewing surveillance video from around Cyril and seeking other evidence that can help locate Mm -hmm. Athena. Authorities initially reported Athena's missing on Tuesday afternoon after a postal carrier found her five-year-old sister wandering around alone in Nebraska Avenue in Cyril around 2 p.m. And here's my question for you. They arrested this babysitter. We don't know if it's a mother. We don't know anything because they didn't put that. They just put that these two children were in the care of this woman and her husband. It doesn't say that he was arrested. It says that she was arrested. I've heard a lot of cases of something like this happening to the parents, and they say that the kid went outside and the kid goes missing. But I haven't heard of anybody being arrested before. So why do you think that she was arrested? Do you think that there was severe neglect? Do you think the kids were left home alone or something like that? I'll be right back. They left and the kids were gone when they came home. Do you think that is the case? What would it take for a caregiver to be arrested if they weren't directly involved in the disappearance. You know, from a neglect standpoint, what would that take? Uh, you guys can call in and let me know. This is a horrific case. We're going to continue to cover it until the little girl is found. Hopefully she will be found. and She will be found safely. How many of you have been covering this case right here? How do you pronounce this? Cohasset? and a Walsh. For those of you that don't know, let's go over this case right here. What it is and what's happening now.
5: As the Cohasset community comes together, a newly discovered police report comes to light. Five investigates learning in the summer of 2014. Anna Walsh, then Anna Kipp, filed a report with Washington, D.C. Metro Police saying Brian Walsh threatened to kill her and a friend. Anna and Brian weren't married at the time. The report says Anna told police Brian called her, making the threat over the phone. And While Brian isn't named in the report, D.C. police confirm he is the person referenced in it. Police say while the allegations could rise to a felony threat, the report was closed after Anna chose not to cooperate with the investigation. We feel so many emotions in the midst of these unfolding events. While the search for the 39 year old missing mother of three continues. Anna's friends and community held candles and each other.
6: It's
7: just a terrible situation, but you see the support of the community come out, um, praying and hoping for, you know, some miracle to come.
4: It was just so nice that everybody
5: came here. While most who gathered on the square don't know Anna Walsh, they came together to pray and hope, especially for her three young sons.
0: So let me know, let me tell you where we are in this case, what happened, and why this is interesting, in my opinion. This doesn't... All right. Now, what this story is, this is some new information. They have a newly discovered police complaint that was filed. This was filed before her marriage against her then-boyfriend, now-husband, Brian, and it reveals that they had trouble in 2014 where he threatened to kill her. But then when the police got involved, she didn't help them. They were unable to prosecute. So, ladies, if you have red flags, especially if someone threatens to kill you, you might want to start taking that seriously and get away from them as soon as you can. The missing woman's husband, she's now just missing, remains in custody on a charge of misleading the investigation and the couple's children are in the custody of Massachusetts Department of Children and Families. Let me tell you what's going on right now. Here's the background. Anna Walsh was reported missing on January 4th, but hasn't been seen since New Year's Day. That's right. She was missing that long and he didn't report it. Her husband, Brian, is in custody for the charge of misleading a police investigation. Brian Walsh is also awaiting sentencing in, federal case, in a federal case involving fake Andy Warhol paintings and was suggested to report his planned movements. Investigators say they found video of him making an unplanned trip to a hardware store where he bought $450 worth of cleaning supplies in cash. Prosecutors said blood and a knife with blood on it were found in the basement of the home of the Walsh family, that the Walsh family was renting. The DA's office said that search and processing efforts at the home concluded on Tuesday afternoon. Items found during a search at a transfer station in Peabody, including a hacksaw and a rug with blood on it. The Department of Children and Families has taken custody of the couple's three children. Days of searching for evidence that the home of the family rented they found blood and a knife there. And this is a story I originally ran into that told me about the whole story. And this was that, you know, interested me in the story. The investigation includes searches of a transfer station in Peabody and a waste to energy facility in East Wareham. Five investigators had learned the evidence found at the transfer station near the home of Brian, Brian Walsh's mother included a hacksaw and a rug with blood on it. Good morning,
6: Doug. Good morning, Antoinette. And this morning, it appears that investigators have concluded their search of the property of Brian and Anna Walsh after spending nearly a week combing this property for evidence. There is still no sign of the missing mother of three. Her husband remains behind bars. New video shows what Brian Walsh was doing the day after police say his wife was last seen. He went to a juice bar in Norwell on January 2nd. It's a trip investigators say he told them about, but they say he misled them about other tracks including a trip to Home Depot where he bought $450 worth of cleaning supplies. Five investigates has learned that the search of the trash facility up on the North Shore this week uncovered a rug with blood on it and a hacksaw similar to this. Investigators say items recovered will be tested to see if they're connected to the case.
7: If you imagine
2: like a big jigsaw puzzle, Uh, there's lots of different pieces that have to get put into place before you can step back and see the the photo and the picture that gets created.
6: Investigators say they also found a knife and blood in the family's basement. Brian Walsh is charged with misleading investigators, and he's being held on half a million dollars cash bail. Reporting live this morning in Cohasset, Todd Keskiewicz, WCVB News Center 5.
0: All right, Todd, I'll take it from here. Thank you very much. So this is a case came to mind attention i didn't report at the time on here and they were talking about it in the discord so we're going to continue to cover it in the discord uh, i'm going to continue to cover any updates here that's what i do here that's what we've been doing all right the phone lines are now open if you guys have something you'd like to talk about uh, any of the stories that we've covered today whether it's lisa marie Presley, whether it's Brian Kohlberger's chin cuts, any of that. If you'd like to know about how to become a member, this is how you can do it. You can click the join button, and it tells you all the different options. Uh, first option is if you just want to be a supporter,s two ninety nine a month, and you don't want anything but support. The second one is Midnighter, and Midnighter, as a Midnighter, you get access to our Discord where we talk about all kinds of cases all day long. You also get exclusive video content and exclusive live streams, which are coming up, by the way. And if I haven't said it yet, happy Friday the 13th to everybody. Then you have the Midnight Riders Group. And the Midnight Riders Group is a writing class. You get the same exclusive videos. You get the same exclusive live streams for members only. But you also get an exclusive writing class. That is $9.99 a month. You can cancel at any time. Check it out by hitting join and checking it out. Uh, I didn't talk about Nancy Grace, not a lot to say. I really talked about everything I had to say yesterday. Uh, Someone's asking me in the chat, you didn't talk about Nancy Grace. What could I say? Midnight Callers, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking with?
7: Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. This is Jeff in Las Vegas talking about Idaho 4.
0: Good morning. What do you got for us?
7: Well, in Vegas, it's good evening until the sun comes up, my buddy. That's true. Wanted to get your thoughts on the M as the first room of access when our boy Cold Burger enters through the sliding glass door. That is the first room of access. And when he goes upstairs to the third floor, comes downstairs to the second floor, and exits through the sliding glass door. That is three times that he crosses DM's room. Now, to me, if I'm going in to do that job, that door is the first point of threat. How the hell does he not enter DM's room first? Can you answer me that question?
0: Yes, I can. Did you watch our show yesterday where we played a 3d walkthrough of the murder? It doesn't matter. I'm going to play it for you right now. Are you looking at your TV? Okay. All right. This might help clear it up for both of us. So this is supposedly his entry point, his relationship to DM's room. And we'll check it out together right here I'll put it on the full screen. We'll watch it again right now. And an uh, explanation of it. So even if you can't see it right now, you can hear it. Here you go.
7: Well, well I turned the YouTube off, so I didn't want to get echo. But... Oh,
0: that's, that's okay. I understand. Um, you can rewatch this. Everybody that's here is hearing it. And the person who's uh, showing this 3D rendering is also walking us through it with her voice. And it's very short. So go ahead and play this here, here we go.
1: In the beginning, most of us believed the two surviving roommates, Bethany and Dylan were sleeping on the first floor. Since then we've learned Dylan was sleeping here on the second floor, along with Xana and Ethan located here. Kaylee and Madison were located here on the third floor. The dog was located on the third floor, and the room by itself. Let's move around and see through the walls, into the kitchen, to the backslider, and take a look at the time frames. At 4.04 am, the suspect can be seen trying to park his car. At 4.09, approximately five minutes later, he enters the house through the backslider. At 4.18, he leaves the house after committing the crimes. At 4.20, he's caught on camera driving away at a high rate of speed. All of this only took nine minutes. Let's watch what that looks like. The suspect enters through the back sliding door. He pauses at the stairs to look around and make sure no one's up. He then turns and goes upstairs.
0: Walked right past her door. Correct.
1: The first bedroom he stops at and opens the door, he sees no one there.
0: That was upstairs.
1: He continues to the next bedroom. Here we know what happens. Downstairs, Dylan is sleeping. The noise from upstairs wakes her up. She thinks it's Kaylee playing with her dog. She gets up and goes to the door and looks out. She sees nothing there.
7: Open door number one. The suspect then
1: continues down the stairs about three minutes later. He then heads to Zana's room.
0: Past her room again, DM's room.
1: Outside, there's a security camera picking up some whimpering cries
0: a thud at four seventeen door number a two on the
1: floor which might explain the thud Dylan again hears something and looks outside her door she sees the suspect he walks right past her and leaves
0: she opened it right as he was leaving that's it why did he pass her room that is a question do you think he saw her? That's a good question. Do I think he saw her?
7: That is a now good I'm figuring she probably only opened up that door a crack,
0: or she just started to open it when he went by. But yeah, that still would be a crack. Or at I least I think it was a,
7: a crack. Be- I think it was a crack because it's weird that she gave the fuzzy eyebrows. So that door was ajar for more than a millisecond. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm -hmm. Like he was passing by uh, on the video. It looks like he was passing by right when she was opening the door. Of course, this isn't a real video. It's just a 3d rendering.
7: But I don't think there's a good chance. I don't think he might've saw her if she's sitting there with, you know, a cracked door with one eye looking in some freaked out fear, or maybe in a, shall we say a sedated state, mm-hmm. um, what she was seeing. you know what I mean?
0: I think there's a good possibility that he didn't see her and she barely saw him. All she saw was the eyebrows as she barely opened the door right when he was walking away. But why didn't he open that her door?
7: That's my first question. Yeah. That is the first point of threat when entering that household. I mean, there could be a, uh, Sigma Chi 265 pound linebacker, you know, hanging out with DM, that would be the first threat. So why not open that door to see what's in DM's second store, second floor bedroom. Correct.
0: Correct. It, it leads me to think, and of course, this is a wild speculation, that it was targeted. That's another thing that leads me to think that it was targeted. And somehow, uh, he knew what lo- floor the person he was targeting is on. We looked. I don't know if you're how long you've been watching the show. We've been talking about someone called Papa Rogers, and one of the things that he posts very accurately was who was in what room on the top floor of the house, who is in what room, what door, what window was the bedroom window, what, which one was the hall window and which one was another window. He knew all that and was posting all that on, on a Facebook group undercover.
7: Based on the M.O. of this, I don't know what to call him, perpetrator, but he, I do not put it past him to have accessed that house weeks before to put either A cameras, because that bedroom of DM is not accessible through any of the stocking in the back parking lot. You could see the third floor, or you could walk up to the front door and see the first floor where the golf club storage room and Maddie's first floor bedroom was, but that second floor where the good vibe sign is, mm-hmm. there's no window access. So he couldn't stock DM's second floor bedroom. So A, he had to know that she was that person in there. And like they said, it was targeted. So he went up to the third floor and then he went into E and X's bedroom, and wanted no piece of business with the first actual door that would pose a threat to him coming in and doing what he did.
0: That's correct. And we do have concrete circumstantial evidence right now. And it was given by Steve Goncalves, Gonzalez, sorry, uh, a couple of days ago when he did an interview with a local news reporter. And they were asking him about evidence. and one thing he gave to us that hasn't been released yet is that they have uh, Brian Colhlberger up to a year ago, they have his Wi-Fi on his phone actually connecting to the Wi-Fi in the house. So he would, they said he would have been at to as close as being in the front yard. So he'd actually been in this area several times before, in that area, right by the house several times more than once before he did what he did. So was he stalking? Did he know? Absolutely.
7: What amazes me, Mr. Jerry, is this guy was following their social media accounts. Even before he was driving across to Pullman, entering his first semester PhD program from all accounts he was stalking these U of I students even before he took his first class at WSU. That's crazy.
0: That's correct. That is absolutely correct.
7: So what does that tell you about the mindset of this man? There's a crazy account. I'm a Chicago guy, grew up in Chicago. There's a crazy account on Twitter. A guy's name is Canna Knitter who is doing all sorts of research on SKs. And he thinks the M.O. of Mr. Nuffenberger is he's fascinated with studying SKs and he makes his Ks on dates that SKs are born. And the data, is pretty crazy and pretty spot on and he's got about seven to eight bodies or caves, shall we say, Mm -hmm. uh, to keep the TC uh, when this stuff is going on. Have you seen any of that stuff?
0: No, I haven't. It's
7: fascinating. Check out. It's canna C-A-N-N-A knitter K-N-I-T-T-E-R uh his twitter it's fascinating
0: absolutely fascinating Knitter. I'll check it out we we've we've covered this case for a while now i think this is our, fir- our 43rd episode on it and we noticed uh, a lot of patterns in this guy you know as far as papa rogers and the posts that he made in tap talk and what what his uh icon was as it related to, uh, it was a, uh, when he was a kid, it was a Star Wars villain that used to be a Jedi, but now he turned to the dark side, you know? And then the Papa Ro- Rogers is kind of a similar theory, but it was with more educational background, which is something that was actually taught by one of his professors as far as it, the incel movement. To put himself as somebody dark and somebody more educated and somebody who is, has deeper thoughts. So we actually have seen evidence of, of symbolism used by this, uh, cold Well,
7: that's why I think he's a deep thinker. And when you look at a couple, two things is one is you start putting the data on the mileage of where this guy drove for the past few years is, you know, why the heck would this guy pick Wazoo when he's grown up and spent his time on the East coast? And then you look at, why is this guy driving so many miles? It's not like he's driving from Pennsylvania to Washington state back and forth, back and forth, back and forth putting 10,000 miles on his car. That's the other, I think, point of interest is where the sleuthers are looking at is I think this guy had looked at the dates of his SKs who he idolized and picked dates when they were born to do his business. And it's starting to match up with different parts of the country. So... My question to you is, do you think this was his first endeavor?
0: That's something we've all been thinking about and talking about. Um, I don't know, but what I do really strongly believe is that this wasn't his only mark, I think that he's, this is a little hobby of his and he finally did it. I don't know if he's done it before, but I can almost guarantee you that he had others in the works. Uh, there's other girls he was spying on. I'm pretty sure these were not the only ones. He took the opportunity and did it, but I do not think that this was it. I believe he had several alternative things, and as you said, I believe there are alternative dates, and I don't know if he'd done it before. That is a possibility because there were there was a murder in Washington uh, using similar methods with knife and also Oregon, and the police didn't catch those people. Whoever did that, whatever uh, perpetrated that, they didn't catch him. So it is possible in this day and age to commit something like that and not get caught.
7: Well, here's the other crazy thing: is there's two DBs that Idaho slash Moscow police have not regarded as murders. One was a suicide from a female that actually knew those four roommates and another kid that was associated with the Greek system that, quote, drowned,
0: Drown
4: in a um,
7: creek. That, that, that they've covered up. So, you know, my thoughts lead to, you know, A, how is this guy following these students, these undergrads, from wazoo when he had he hadn't even drove across the country to start his first class that is the most creepy thing ever and so I don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on I'm not sure what what your uh, well, do, you, do you actually think he 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 had an accomplice
0: I don't know at this point I haven't seen anything I've heard the theories but I, I don't have anything to back it up at all yet. it's just a theory right now but what I do know is he was studying digital forensics and what I also know is that he was heavy into social media and he was following uh, his victims so he could have got the intel just by what they were giving alone you know one of the things that uh, Kaylee Gonsalves put on there is that she was selling her car she's selling everything in her bedroom and that she got a new job and was leaving it you know the certain time and date and that they we're all there partying that night. You know, all this information was out there for him to get. And he was following them, so he would have known it just right there on his phone. As they posted everything, as they documented their lives. So I I do propose this, that he wouldn't necessarily need an accomplice. One of the theories someone posed to me yesterday was the timing of the murders. They said it only took six minutes. And I think the police were saying 14 to 15 minutes. And in the video we just watched, they said nine minutes, which is closer to six. Well,
7: here's the, fit. here's the thing, Jerry. What's crazy about that PCA is they gave the time of the murders from four o'clock till 425. Mm-hmm. And they, in their own PCA, contradict that the car doesn't come in the park until 4.04, and then speeds away at 4.20. So why would the PCA give contr- you know contradicting timelines of saying, yeah, the murders happened between 4.00 and 4.25, but this dude's car came in at 4.04 park and then left at 4.20. Well, I mean, that seems so sloppy.
0: It seems sloppy, to but me, te- it, but technically they're not it lying. Reads of an accomplice. Technically they're not lying. It is between that time, but it does look contradictory and I'm sure that the defense is going to walk all over that, you know, exactly. If you can narrow exactly. it down to what would have to have been at, at, at this time, you know, it'll, it'll be sloppy. Like they didn't know what they were talking about. i I thank you for calling. I'm running out of time. I got, I, I got to go. Uh,
7: one more, th- one more quick thought. Okay. Just saw a post where on the university of Idaho website, someone posted mid-November that they had a standalone camera behind their house and actually caught a girl running out of the side of the house at about 2 a.m. that night and decided to say, well, we're a photography class and we've decided why, we can't tell you why we had a camera on a tripod behind that parking lot behind their house. But it's, um, if we decide to come forward, we will, that is bizarre.
0: Is that for the house in Idaho?
7: Yes. University of university of Idaho, photography students had a tripod camped behind the back of their house where that parking lot was. Mm -hmm. And they said on the, believe the 20th of November, about two weeks after the situation, that they said a female ran out of the house at 2 a.m. when a black truck pulled up into their house.
0: I heard about Which that. Sounds like I heard about that, and I read the Moscow Police Department's report, and they said that that wasn't true.
7: Well, how reliable is? Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is true. <laughs> right? Yeah, as long as it doesn't involve timelines, I guess we should believe him. Thank you for calling in very right. much. I appreciate it, and you have a good day. Hey,
7: thank you, my friend. Right. If I'm ever going to be a DJ on your station, I'm playing all Grateful Dead live music, my friend. Don't shake the tree if the fruit ain't
0: ripe, my brother. Hey, we can do Great that. Great job. You have a good day. Thank you. i like to thank our guests for calling in I appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back. I plan on taking the next two days off. Um, my father passed this time last year. So I want to think about that. Think about that. I'm sorry. I said think wrong. because I use my accent. My apologies. I want to think about that for the next couple days. But you know what, I might be back. You never know. I'm going to do it quick and easy like I did this morning no thumbnail or anything just be you guys and me I'd like to thank you all for tuning in if you're interested in a membership click that join button it'll tell you all the options until next time all my best